Hello and welcome back to the Tune Lighting Podcast. It's the podcast where we are writing, recording an entire musical album in just one year, part-time. The album is complete and I'm joined as ever by my bandmate, Jack. How's it going, Jack? I'm good. Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well and I'm uh, even better now that we have finally received the final master's for the album back it's big news so yeah jack how are you feeling because we haven't really we've spoken briefly uh i think we received them at the end of last week i went away for the weekend had a listen through them all on a few different devices and speakers and headphones uh i guess you've given them a, a good listen no nah, not yet no <laughs> wait till, wait till, wait till the album's out <laughs> i did i did actually wait a little bit um because i felt like I needed to do it justice and listen all in one go, give it my full attention. I didn't want to sort of yeah. listen to a song here and there uh, in the background. So it wasn't until the day after you sent them where I finally had an hour free. But I, I sat down and listened to it front to back. Overwhelming sensation is... Uh, relief. <laughs> happy. Happiness yeah. and relief. <laughs> they, they, sound, they sound good. You You sent me a message saying something along the lines of, I don't know what magic the mastering engineers have played here, but uh, they sound like actual songs now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess that's what they're there for and why we pay them money. Um, it's It takes it from, yeah, I thought they were pretty much sounding like uh, real songs, to be honest, but they, when I pressed play and yeah, I listened to them in the car, I'm like, oh, it does actually sound like a, a real bona fide cd now so yeah it was uh it was cool for the first time i'd really listened to all the tracks in order which probably isn't a great uh, a great thing for it to be the first time that i've done that but um, you're not going to tell me we need to completely change for track listing <laughs> yeah it doesn't work let's go back back to the drawing board the tracks yeah they should all be on different albums all every track 14 different <laughs> albums but none of them work together damn it's just great to have the the yeah, the power now. We have them in our hands. I'm sure people listening are getting bored of us pushing out the first single already because in this age of, you know, never-ending consumption that we live in, people just want more and more. And now we have more and more to give them. So that's a good thing. <laughs> Although by the time this episode's out, we'll probably be still pushing our second single. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's different. It's another single. It's it's more. It's another single. It's a different. It's a different single. It's not. It's not one wish. It's not, it's not, it's not two wish. <laughs> two wishes. Um, it's. Is it easy? Easy. I think so. I think that's what we're what we're going for. Yeah, maybe track four from the album. We occasionally change our minds between announcing something on the podcast and doing it. It happened a little bit with the album art, but I think the next single mm. will be easy. Easy. Expect four to the floor banger <laughs> yeah something a bit more beat a bit more groovy um it's got rob singing on this one uh, so you've kind of got both sides of our uh, our vocal duo yeah and yeah if it, it really if it feels like a single to me so that's i guess that's why we chose it yeah so that'll be coming out in the next uh week or so i guess with all associated marketing and single art and whatever else we can find to push it out on social media yeah on that note we are very much hoping to release the album on cd 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And ideally, we want to do that at the same time as a digital release, which means now we've got our masters, I really need to get a move on designing all the artwork and getting those lovely, bespoke, physical CDs printed off. Mm. Well, we're obviously learning a lot through the whole, whole process and everything from... Yeah, especially at this stage, it's very alien to us in terms of producing a a CD. You kind of when you think about your favorite bands, it kind of just appears in the shop. You don't think of everything that goes into it. But obviously, there's all the you know the album art was stage one, and then uh, Jack's been working on the internal booklet to go in the in the CD um, as well, which we want to. Uh, try and make into you know something worthwhile so yeah lots to lots of work to do to kind of bring that together for the for the release plus the time it takes to for the factory to do what they need to do yep we are hoping that that will be a bit quicker than the mastering was the current plan is to release the second single and then follow it up with the whole album so fingers crossed uh the album will be with you in a matter of weeks but uh um, yeah you know, TBC, subject to change, terms and conditions apply, all that. I guess we can probably start taking some pre-orders soon because um, we're, we're not going to get loads of these made. So they, I, I guess we can say they're limited edition. Oh, yeah, right. definitely. Uh, but not, I mean, it's we not can always infinite. make more. <laughs> right. But, well, um, if, yeah, yeah if, we'll, they, if they sell like hotcakes, then we'll make some more. But we're yeah, we're only investing in a certain number at first. So yeah, if you want one, let us know. They'll be very reasonably priced. I'm sure less than whatever a CD costs these days. No idea it's what that is. It's about, about hundred pounds for a CD these days, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be in sort of eighty to ninety region. Very, very reasonable. I'm going to say it now. We'll send everyone that buys the album uh, a recorded thank you message, personalised to is it, them. Is it going to be musical? We're going to write him a song. <laughs> a new song for every... No, no. Just just purely okay, voice. Yeah. Probably shouldn't yeah, commit to yeah. that. It'll take another year. It, depending on how popular it is, could be could be a variety of actors or, or actresses that we employ to, to do the uh, the voice work. I love it because we are too busy and important to do it ourselves, but we can hire <laughs> actors to do it for us. <laughs> Anyway, onto this week's episode, um, and as we draw towards the end of season one, we're we're gonna start reflecting. We've we've done a lot of reflecting throughout the whole thing, so it's not it's not a new thing. But we're gonna st- start summing things up, and uh, we thought it would be good to do a less uh, a lessons learned kind of episode for for any of you out there who have been listening along, or maybe you've just come across the podcast more recently. And you want to know what are the kind of top bits of advice uh, we would give? You know, what mistakes have we made that we think you shouldn't make, <laughs> and what can you? Know, how can we save you from making some of the terrible mistakes <laughs> that we that we made in the process? Um, and yeah, you know, what are some of the kind of lessons we've learned about the music making process, but also about ourselves? Very deep. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're going to kind of fire away, take it in turns. Um, see how that goes so yeah jack do you want to start us off okay so i think a good place to start will be particular to the tune lighting project we set ourselves a year and i spent a lot of time during that year wondering whether that was a good thing to do or not <laughs> um there's, there's clear pros and cons um 
Firstly, I would say a deadline is is a good thing, especially if, like us, you've had trouble finishing things in the past. It makes you make decisions quicker, take action quicker, and gives you a real focus. It can lead to some panic and some stress towards the end of, of the deadline period, um, which is, is the trade-off. Uh, but more specifically, a year is a good time mm. for an album. My feeling is that if I was to do it again, I would give myself less time. I agree. I agree. We've had a variety of kind of responses when we've said we've given ourselves a year, ranging from people think, oh, just a year, that's impressive, to, oh, right, you're, you're making a, an album in a, in, a, in a whole year, one album. <laughs> this, this is, how, is it going to be like 10 hours long? Um, <laughs> I think the thing is, you will always fill the time you have. Mm. But what it does mean is that whether you are actively working on the album or not, that's a whole year of your life where you are thinking about it in the background all the time. Which yeah. means that even on the days you're not working on it, you feel like you should be. Guilt on the sunny days. This exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, you're, when you're not working on it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You can never escape Parkinson's law, though, I think is the is the key thing. I I think I always knew that the last couple of weeks, no matter how long or how short a time we gave ourselves, would always be stressful. It would always be a panic, like no matter how well you plan, because you'll always think of something else that needs doing or that needs tweaking. Yeah, I I do think maybe a year was actually too long in hindsight. We kind of just picked it just thinking, that sounds about right. Yeah, can we write an album in... Uh, seven months which just doesn't sound as snappy does it no but i think in hindsight you're right i think from to keep yourself sane and keep moving uh moving on and draw to be able to draw a line under things maybe a little bit quicker i think yeah maybe i would have done it in slightly less time if i could do it over yeah agreed i think maybe a six month mark is is more uh would be more appropriate i mean we were both working throughout this time uh, hence for tune lighting name and that is definitely a factor. I don't regret taking a year. Um, I think it, it worked out fine. But if I was to do it again, I would give myself a shorter, more focused time to get it done. Because there are definitely weeks yeah, where I didn't uh, do anything at some points in the middle. The middle lull. <laughs> uh, kind of in between maybe songwriting and moving on to, to recording and, and mixing stages. There were definitely a few weeks where I just was always thinking about it, like you say, but maybe wasn't actively working on it and it's amazing what you can accomplish in a short period of time when i think as we've discussed many times towards the end of the project we probably didn't leave ourselves enough time for mixing and you know i ended up doing working up working a couple of hours before work and then until i went to bed after work for the last couple of weeks and you can get a lot done in that amount of time when you put your mind to it obviously it's not sustainable in the long term so you could probably just absolutely kill yourself off and very much by doing it in three months or four months and and then you can just have a long break afterwards so it depends really how you work and your life situation and how much time you've you've got um you know we actually ended up with a bit more time because of uh some of the lockdowns and stuff that maybe we wouldn't have had so maybe the year seemed like more time than when we when we started out on the project we didn't know we were going to be in so many lockdowns so you know 
hindsight. I didn't know we were going to be in any, to be honest. (laughs) I was anticipating it this year following like the pattern of the previous years of my life where just no lockdowns whatsoever. Yeah. But bam, we were like (laughs) three, three or four. Who knew? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a good one to start. Um, So my first lesson learned is to accept that no matter where you are in your musical career or, or, you know, any, any kind of skill or hobby or whatever it is, uh, your work, you're always going to be learning and improving. And therefore you're always going to think that you can do better and you're always, and, and look back at what you've done and think it's a bit crap. (laughs) <laughs> so that that's kind of something that I've come to terms with. I you know, already I listen to some of the songs in the album and think, I think I can do better. And that's what drives people on to make the next album and the next. So it's a good thing. For sure. And even even now with the Masters, we've spoken a little bit how we're really happy with them. Um, but we've each mentioned, oh, there's a couple of little mixing things that if we could go back and change, we would. Uh, even though we spent a long time on mixing, it sort of you know everything changes a little bit once it's been mastered. So immediately, the album's not even <laughs> out, and there's, there's things that we would, we yeah. would change about it. Um, but that's like you say, that's inevitable, and um, there's a lot more to be to be proud about and to be pleased with, um, yeah, than to kind of regret. Exactly. Another one that's sort of specific to us but I'm sure could apply to a lot of people working on music and again sort of harking back to the time frame of it I would waste less time deciding about vocals (laughs) because as if you've been listening to a podcast you'll probably know we mentioned various times we weren't sure what we were going to do if we're going to have vocals who was going to sing Neither of us were, you know, that thrilled about singing on the album. <laughs> we got a vocal coach on to ask. <laughs> we did everything to try and get out of it. Till very late. I think it was this year. We still weren't sure. I think we decided we were going to have vocals, but weren't sure who mm. was going to sing. And a few people kind of said the same thing. You're making an album together. That's kind of a point. You should both sing. Uh, and finally, we're like, okay, let's do that. <laughs> my point being we wasted a lot of time to get to that point and i know you've got to you've got to learn yeah. these lessons however long they take but um i think it would have affected the songs we wrote certainly the keys we wrote the songs in it would have affected how we thought about the whole album and if we'd got to that point sooner maybe we could have you know made some vocal recording sooner messed around with them sooner yeah, yeah and definitely made the whole kind of end process painless so I think the saying is like successful successful people make decisions quickly and change their mind slowly. Whereas yeah, okay. you know, unsuccessful people or the thing you should avoid is making decisions slowly and changing your mind quickly, which I can relate to a lot in many aspects of, of life. Uh, I definitely fall into the latter category way too often. And this is definitely one of those just bite the bullet, make the decision and then kind of stick with it um yeah to to a point i think is is uh is a good way to go that's it i think with vocals i kind of thought that that it would maybe end up that way in the end kind of felt like we were both kind of hoping that some sort of ghost in the machine would arise and a bit of software or 
<laughs> Although we, we did have Melodyne, which maybe was that magical bit of software we needed. But some singer would just move in down the street and offer to be on the album or, or something like that. Um, <laughs> when really yeah. we could have saved ourselves a little bit of bother by getting to that point sooner. Yeah, I guess it, this this is similar to something I'd written down as a, a lesson learned is, um, yeah, to just to make decisions quicker and to go back to the to the drawing board on something as well to make that decision quicker so there were definitely songs where a year to live is the the one that comes to mind uh the title track of the album there's a there's a section in it where it kick all kicks in and we struggled with that for so long uh, to try and get it to sound right and it was kind of kept trying to get these the original parts from the demo to sound right and it wasn't until very late in the day that we just, just made the decision to just kind of scrap an entire part and do something different. Being a bit more brutal with the kind of decision making, I guess, uh, is, is what I'm trying to say. So whether it's deciding whether you're going to sing or deciding whether that a part should be there or not, you can lose days and you can do mm, them weeks, at least yeah. months in some cases. Yeah, just thinking about these things. Because it feels good as well. You feel You feel like you've grown and matured when you cut something that has been hanging around for a long time because it's hard to do but we ended we ended up doing it with with whole songs as well as parts of songs and uh, weirdly i mean we've we've known each other a long time but we've i was trying to work out whether i thought it was more difficult working collaboratively to make those decisions quickly because you're always thinking what's the other person thinking are they attached to, to that particular part or it, to that idea um, is that making me more reluctant to just make these quick decisions? If I was on my own, would I just go, oh, fuck it? Even towards the end of the project, we were get, I could tell we were getting better at just telling the other person where, exactly what we thought about certain bits. I think at the start, these we knew there were demos that if, if anyone presented a, something you hadn't seen before to, to, to you for the first time, you're not immediately going to start picking it apart. So whereas when you're familiar with it further in the process, it's like you're friends with it. You're like, oh, this song, I know it now. I can be more, yeah, I can have a little jab at it. Like, you know that guitar yeah. that you've got at the end there song? It's actually a bit crap. Whereas when you first meet the song, you're like, you don't want to start telling it it's ugly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, telling telling the song it's got food on its face. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like leave it a little bit of time until you, you embarrass it. And I think more generally, the point about doing things more efficiently at the end when the deadline looms. Yeah, you have to be more. Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's one thing I learned about myself, actually, especially as time got tighter. I think it's inevitable, but maybe just as a result of going down various cul-de-sacs, I got a lot less precious about a lot of things, whether it was just generally the album doesn't have to be perfect, letting go of that idea uh, about lyrics, things like being more economical with the truth like oh it doesn't it doesn't have to be true it doesn't have to rhyme perfectly it doesn't have to have mm. identical number of syllables in each line or with instruments i was a bit skeptical about using too many samples or using midi for instance to start with yeah but towards the end i i let go of that a little bit which i think is is, is a good thing that is good i mean yeah if, if that kind of brings me nicely onto one of my other lessons learned it's kind of knowing knowing where to set your standards and setting your standards realistically. You know, you watch tutorials or, or things online and there's a YouTube is full of like <laughs> really top end music producers, Chris Lord, Algie and people like that who've like produced some of the 
top albums in the in the world showing you what how, how they would do things and they've uh, they've got all this incredible equipment and all the access to all these you know all this knowledge and experience and you just think is that the bar i've got is that what i've got to get to 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 even make it worth putting out there so the lesson learned here is kind of to to accept that you're you're always going to be learning and we're, we're still amateurs at the end of, day, of the day and kind of accepting that and just doing the best that you can, I guess, within the within the realms of what was possible. Yeah, you should aim for the to be the best, but I'm not saying that you should aim to be shit. But uh, yeah, just to be realistic. It is a subjective thing um, as well. We've talked many times about how... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> how kind of like lo-fi production can be appealing um, and whether you've kind of yeah. aimed for that or not, or it's just an accident of the equipment you have, your skill set. So that's a nice little byproduct as well. I feel like I'm amalgamating all the points we've made so far, but um, <laughs> there was a turning point for me again, probably about nine months in to the project. Where, well, I, I don't know about you, I, I, around the turn of the year, I started to panic a little bit and think right we really need to get a move on here because we spent a long time in this sort of wishy-washy middle months just kind of experimenting yeah we could just kind of mess around and start new songs and yeah it looks great and and i was all (laughs) i was all for that um sort of having a year it's like well you've kind of got to do that you can't spend like eight months mixing but i mean firstly i think we probably spent a little too long in that phase yeah, agreed. But the, the point I'm getting at here is that once the realization dawned that actually we can't afford to mess around anymore, and we had to pick some songs because otherwise we'd miss the deadline. We had to start recording the songs. We had to choose who was going to sing. All these things. It flicked a switch in my mind, where instantly everything became a little bit easier to pass through the gate. So I, I stopped kind of aiming for perfection. Mm. And I was like, right, all these are the songs we've got. We've got these, however many, 13 or 14 songs we had at the time. These are good, these are the ones that are going to be on the album, or most of them. Um, let's focus on making those as good as possible. And yeah, it, it just became a bit easier then. The search for the perfect song or the perfect sound mm. was was on hold at that point. Uh, it's very much kind of work with what you've got. Yeah, exactly. Same with, with everything. Like, became less self-conscious about vocals, less self-conscious about lyrics it was about getting it done start saying things like that maybe that's for the next album maybe yeah maybe we'll, right, yeah, we'll, exactly, put, we'll park yeah. that and and maybe come back to it for the next but yeah indeed yeah there's some stuff which we kind of really liked and assumed would be on the album but it wasn't going to get done in time mm. yeah do you do you think you could yeah, take a year again to do a project and just make that decision more consciously consciously earlier and and get your act together earlier knowing what you know now or do you think you would just make your you know give yourself a shorter timeline in order to reach that point sooner (laughs) do you have the discipline (laughs) Uh, i see what you're saying so yeah if i set myself a year again would i still spend so long in the experimenting phase effectively i'd like to think not (laughs) i like i mean i'm sure there would be a bit still be a bit of procrastinating uh, yeah. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't choose all the songs after the first two months or anything like that. Probably, but maybe after four months, I would have done. Um, and then spend longer on mixing, and then not necessarily use the whole time. I'd like to think I'd have the 
the uh, confidence to do that as well. Maybe it gets to eight months in and I've done plenty of mixing and I can use the time to either do some more promotion or um, bring the release date forward or have a rest or a holiday or something. (laughs) Cool. My next one is one that we've spoken about a fair bit, but I think it's important to... uh, to raise again because i think it was it was a real again like you said with the last one a bit of a turning point in the project for me when i found this out discovered this little tactic uh as it were um and that was to celebrate the bad days as well as the good ones because if you don't you're gonna go mad particularly weekend days you know they they're precious kind of precious time when i do it in in other things in life like if i set aside a whole day to do my taxes or something like if i got to the end of the day and had not done them like rightly probably be pissed off and i was kind of taking that same mindset into the creative process at the start and getting really really worked up and stressed you know i'd be sat there on a sunday evening after spending five or six hours with a guitar and coming up with nothing because it's not my job i think if, if, if making music was my full-time job maybe i'd allow myself a bit more but because it was like this is your spare time and you, know, you could be doing other things with it blah 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 then i was really kind of beating myself up uh, about that early on and it wasn't until kind of we heard from other people similar stories from other podcasts and from other artists and that guy garvey quote that we've we've brought up a couple of times of just yeah you've got to just work through the the rubbish stuff it's plumbing essentially uh to get to the good stuff yeah so that was that really that was a real turning point for me so like to celebrate those bad days and be like that's just one bad day out of the way you know you you had to do that you had to go through those ideas celebrate the bad days because you know it's gonna it's getting you one step closer to a good one and the good ones will come at some point just if you mm. stick with it. I don't know what the science is, but presumably somewhere your subconscious brain is ticking away. And so at next time, or the time after, it's it's figured something out for you. I think so, yeah. You are getting somewhere, even when you don't realise you're getting somewhere. Yeah, you can feel like if you if you break it down to the day-to-day when, you, when you're learning a language or something like that, any skill, you can really get frustrated, like you can come back to it a few hours later and be like i've just been reading that for so long i don't understand and then weirdly you can go away from it and not do anything for a few months and then look at some flashcards or whatever and be like oh they're they're in the brain they're they're somewhere in there so i think you're right i think uh, your brain is kind of ticking off those uh the well putting those bad things to one side and and moving on and and yeah you get one step closer to to something good it's sort of another one to do with time management. A lot of mine seem to be focused on that. Um, but <laughs> I think one mistake I made, we made when sort of trying to plan. We tried we tried at various points to split it between creative and technical, between kind of songwriting and producing. I think you talked a little bit in the last episode about how that is, that's tricky because once you start producing, um, you realise things that, were wrong with the song yeah, to begin work. with yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. And and I agree with that. And I think one thing we could have done is we sort of didn't properly understand where the creative process ended because we'd sort of set ourselves a certain amount of weeks to do mixing. But we realised that maybe we hadn't actually finished recording everything. Maybe we still yeah. had 
things in there that needed that weren't quite in time or needed re-recording that's still part of finishing the song writing the song and with hindsight i would have left more time to do that and i would have considered that its own separate stage important stage that wasn't part of the mixing because we found a fair bit of our time our mixing time our precious mixing time that we'd given ourselves was being eaten into by we i mean we were still writing parts basically quite late on for a couple of the songs but we if we'd been a bit more thorough and you know had the time beforehand we could have ironed that out before we'd really start mm. getting into the nuts and bolts of of levels and panning and all that jazz do you, do you think it was the right thing to do because we never even really questioned it but you think it was the right thing to do to kind of go through the whole album in terms of what we tried to do in like songwriting then recording and then mixing for the whole album or do you think it would have been better and kept us more sane if we just uh finished finished a song because there were a lot of songs that were way closer to being finished for a long time would we have been better to and we did, kind of did this with like one wish and a couple of others towards the end we just said let's finish that and just get get it sent off mm. and just you know gone do you do you think you'd be that would be a better way to do it do you think it would mean there were less things bouncing around in your head or do you think that's actually impossible because well in making an album each thing feeds into the other one yeah it's it's a good question i wonder if any bands ever do that well, I think you get some bands definitely who release a single like a year before the album and you think it, it's sort of maybe planned as a standalone single. Mm. And then when the album comes out a year down the line, that single's on there. So that one was obviously recorded long before all the others. I think it would have been nice to do that for a couple of reasons. Um, one, it gets it off your plate. It gives you one less thing to worry about. You can focus more on the other songs and not stress about having every song still to finish. Because that was the case for a while. Before One Wish was finally, finally complete, quite late in the year, mm. we we still had all, we hadn't finished a song. Like people, people would yeah. ask, "Oh, how's that album going? But you've been working this past <laughs> year. Have you finished any songs?" Like, no, technically no, <laughs> we've done none. Yeah, but we had lots of beginnings, so it would have been nice to, yeah, from a mental point of view, to have done that and had the little kind of finishes buzz of of getting something done and in the bag. It's like if they were like enemies on a game and you were like, you decided instead of killing them one by one, you'd like take a bit of health off each one <laughs> at a time, but they're all still attacking you. You know, exactly. like, just kill yeah. one of them kill, yeah. and move on. <laughs> yeah, that's a great strategy. Yeah. I've played games like that's that. That's what we were doing. You need to try and single one of them out and then your job gets infinitely easier. But like you say, it's, it's not that easy because we were wrestling for a long time with, are we going to have a concept of the album? Does you know? Does everything need to sound the same or similar? So we didn't know which songs are even going to be on the album. Mm. Maybe in a, an ideal world, we would have recorded twenty songs, twenty five songs, um, and then we'd have just picked the best ones and the ones that fit together at the end. But um, yeah, we didn't do that. That might be a better way of approaching it rather than waiting for something that fits the album perfectly mm. before you f- finish it. But the other point is, I suppose. I think you found especially because you did a lot of the mixing work. You were saying that by the end, because you were learning more and more over time, you had to go back and change some of the stuff <laughs> from the original songs because you'd learned new t- tips and tricks. Yeah. Um, so that could have been a problem with us if we'd 
tried to record something six months ago and might have ended up having to go back and change it quite a lot because it wasn't up to the standard of the, the latest stuff. Yeah, I, I agree exactly. I think on this particular project, when we were learning from scratch and doing everything from scratch as people that have never produced an album, I don't think it would have worked for that reason. It, just, it was just crazy the amount of kind of knowledge that I picked up towards the end in, in, in relatively from the whole project. So yeah, I think that would have always been an issue. So I mean, one of my other point, one of my other lessons that or things that maybe I would try and do differently is to try and to try and settle on a theme or some kind of concept, even if it's not a concept album, just something earlier earlier than we did or as early as possible, just so you can make those decisions quicker and be like, yeah, this fits, this doesn't, this um, this is the right kind of sound for what I'm going for. I just think that would make you a lot. If you can do that listener and you think planning on doing a, an album then yeah that would be a massive benefit you still have plenty of flexibility within that and um, once you know what where your kind of boundaries are what your limits are mm. that you've set you can almost be more creative because you're trying to bend those rules as far as they'll go rather than looking for new materials from all over a place yeah i've written down a few things that I would do next time. I've written more concept next time, question mark. Um, <laughs> which is, I think is alluding to the same point. I think I would yeah. try and include some stronger concept, whether that's kind of thematical or just a musical concept. Um, yeah. Like it's all going to be on, it's all going to be hand claps. <laughs> up and down. That's, that's going to yeah. be. Good. I think I mentioned a couple of times this year, I found that hard mainly because it's like our first album and you've got a lifetime's worth of ideas um, yeah. knocking around. It's kind of hard to pigeonhole those and make yourself just focus <laughs> on a little area. Yeah, it's funny because we moaned. So we talked very much at the start in one of the first episodes about how much we were looking forward to not having the limitations of a of short studio time and, you know, <laughs> and only having the instruments in a band. And we were looking forward to this vast universe of sounds and potential that we and that was exciting at the start very much became almost a problem <laughs> eventually because yeah like that's the thing a band like a standard band of four members bass guitar drums um a couple of guitars maybe a keyboard they've placed that limitation on themselves whether it was intentional or not kind of to work within the realms of, of that and maybe they're only recording live instruments and stuff and that just makes them focus I'd like to do other albums in the future where I do do that. I just, yeah, it's only live or it's only guitar or it's only, yeah. That, that excites me, the, the idea of doing future projects where, where I do set some more extreme limits for sure. Hopefully I'd find it easier now to make those early decisions because I was never, never against limitations before, but it's, the decision felt so big. It's like, right, you're finally making this album that you've not made all your life and if you're now gonna make a decision one decision today that's gonna limit what goes on that album it better be a pretty good decision but i think yeah. doing the first one takes the pressure off a little bit partly because we've got an album's worth of songs that are done so we don't need to do those <laughs> again but also we know we can do it we've been through yeah. the process um we know that there could be a third one afterwards so it's not you know it's not a be all and end all yeah, yeah, exactly. As Mark said very wisely in the last episode, um, you know, you can always uh, be remastered or you know, come back to it later on. It's, it's important to kind of draw a line somewhere and, and move on and accept that that is the end of that project. And that was a 
period of time and that was a something you worked on and should be proud of and then yeah, there's always more uh, that, you, that can be done yeah I, mean, I think we've covered most of my lessons learned a lot i have a lot of like quick fire ones like take more breaks you know obvious stuff like don't kind of sit I sat there for so long some days with just with my headphones on like I mean, firstly it's bad for your ears to sit there for five hours with headphones on um so take breaks for that reason but also take breaks because well those moments when you're away you might have a little eureka moment of like oh, of course like that's so you know go for a walk or go for a, a shower or whatever it is um and you know refresh the mind i found it easy to kind of slip into these down these rabbit holes of of time of three or four hours of just fiddling around with some a little sound or something particularly when it got into the mixing process of doing things like eq and all that kind of stuff um and i enjoy it so i think it wasn't like driving me crazy but it's maybe not there's a difference between you know having fun and just messing around and actually being productive so and it's not that you can't spend entire days working on stuff like entire days are sometimes great but maybe set an alarm or something <laughs> to tell yourself take a break good advice what about the the actual music that we ended up making did it sound like you were expecting <laughs> yeah i'd love to like go back to the start and kind of play it to myself at the start and, and ask that question because mm, i don't really know um I think collaborating on a project for that reason is, yeah, it has its pros and its cons kind of sometimes, like we said earlier, you can make decisions quicker if you're working on your own and you can be more brutal with some of the decisions, but yeah, that would definitely, definitely the pro of collaborating is you come up with stuff that you never would have been able to on your own. Yeah. It's exciting to kind of see how those demos change uh, and you know, ideas that I never would have had necessarily or, synth sounds that i don't have access to or you know wouldn't have thought up myself um or time signatures i didn't think of yeah those things it, it, it's uh mm. it's that's one of the definite pros of of collaborating and and one of the reasons why i don't think i ever could have predicted what it was going to sound sound like in the end uh, what about you did you did you have a vision then has it fulfilled that vision yeah, I think it was all very hazy and blurry. I think I had had an idea of what I thought it would be. I could never articulate it because it wasn't fully formed, which is probably why, you know, I never never made it before. It's just kind of vague adjectives, I guess. So I want it to be ethereal. Yeah. Or I want it to be, you know. It's this vague outline on the horizon that you can't quite make out fuzzy and yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's just it's just a thing. It's like a, this when you start out with any big daunting project, it's just, yeah, it doesn't, you can't see it. it it's just a, a unsurmountable task <laughs> in some ways. I actually thought it might end up a bit weirder than it did. <laughs> there were points when we were, we were, we were getting, it was getting weird and we kind of, yeah, but there's some things which were, were a bit out there and a couple of them made it, made it on. It's probably ended up more poppy than I, I anticipated for sure. Yeah, I, th I think so too. Some of the individual elements are quite weird. But we maybe don't as many weird sort of freeform song structures. I thought we'd have songs that kind of just never repeat or build and build and build. And but there's quite a lot of you know verse, chorus, verse, chorus. We mix it up a little bit, but um... yeah, I think we we kind of reined ourselves in a bit, and we're like, well, this is a this is the first album. Let's not go 
try and reinvent the wheels too much and do anything too crazy and scare people off. Uh, I'm quite yeah pleased with the fact it's it's almost you know, it's twelve single worthy songs. I kind of say like they all kind of they wouldn't be out of place on the radio or anything like that. And yeah, I think introducing lyrics and vocals and kind of put it into that mm. world and. We didn't do anything too crazy <laughs> vocally, so that's always going to make it sound a bit more poppy and uh, no crazy falsettos though, or uh, no. yeah, glass shattering. Not this time, vocal solos. We restrained ourselves. <laughs> I am really interested to see to hear what people think. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine one man's safe and crowd pleasing is another man's crazy and uh, unlistenable. <laughs> <laughs> There is no silver bullet. I mean, that's something I definitely felt towards the end. As the pressure mounted, um, I was just striving more and more. Despite I kept telling myself in the podcast and people kept saying, yeah, there is no silver bullet. And I hear this all the time in life, but it doesn't stop us as humans striving for the silver bullet. What plug-in is going to just, I can just drop on the track and it makes it sound like a professional track or anything like that. And yeah, I learned that like a lot of the time it's it's actually the arrangement that's the issue and not the mixing and things like that. So really you're not going to be able to fix something with, with one silver bullet and more and more now, you know, you're, you're hit by targeted advertising. I noticed towards the end, I was getting, I was obviously watching a lot of uh, production videos. I was just getting targeted more and more on YouTube with production videos and videos trying to sell me plugins and, you know, various, uh, this will solve all your woes kind of courses and, and God knows what. And if I hadn't been strict with myself and said, I'm not buying any more stuff, then I would probably have bought loads of loads and loads of things uh, towards the end. So yeah, it, it, the, that's that's obviously a good lesson for, for anything in life, I guess, is there is no silver mm. bullet um, and beware of the shiny things. <laughs> but not our new album, because, you know, that's a good shiny thing. <laughs> and it is a silver bullet and it will it will, it will cure all, your, all your physical and emotional ills. Yeah, I was just going to add to that, um, which I think, is, again, is a general life lesson. I guess one thing... I can take from this as well is that sometimes you've just got to do it yourself. You've got to experience it yourself because you can have mm. a million people tell you there's no silver bullet. A million people tell you it's never going to be perfect. A million people to tell you to do it your own way. A million people tell you to just turn up and work or always you get some bits of advice, which you hear time and time again, all very you know wise and sensible. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you've just got to go through it yourself and there's a reason why everyone's giving that advice because you kind of have to go through it because everyone's gone through it. So you kind of just need to accept that you're also going to go through it. So you, people can tell you, do this, don't do that. Reality is there's a good chance you are going to go through it. So just get on with it. Yeah, I get you. Exactly. It's a lot easier to tell other people who are making music to do something or that their music is good and to stop fiddling with it than it is to do it yourself with your own music. Um, mm. And that's, I think that's just a way of life. Um, it's easier to give advice than to to heed it. Indeed. So, yeah, if nothing else, this this year has uh, has allowed us to to experience all these things that millions of people before us have have gone through and um, find our own little path through it. Cool. Yeah. Well, did you have any any more that you don't that you need to share, or is that have we done them all? 
the only thing I can see that I've written that I've not mentioned under things I would do differently is uh, more in-room collaboration next time. Oh, yeah. Because we did none, (laughs) which was (laughs) a real shame. I mean, that is just, yeah, that was not planned. No. God. I mean, it's weird to think how different this project we wrote. We basically ended up writing an album. We might as well have been one of us been in Australia, one of us been in the UK, or or whatever. I mean, that would have been slightly more awkward with time time zones, I guess. But um, we didn't set out to have that challenge and that limitation, and I don't think it was a beneficial limitation <laughs> uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Now, I had the image of us being getting in the studio mixing. You know, doing some mixing in a studio, being there with the mastering engineers, um, you know, getting on some live drums and stuff like that. We just didn't have access to any of that. And maybe, maybe that's shaped the album that we made, which is kind of cool in its own way. And it reflected the name of the album and, and kind of some of the feeling of the album, which is kind of cool. But yeah, God, if I could do it again, it would. <laughs> I would love to be able to do some more actual proper collaboration. That would be nice. Sure. I'm almost chomping at the the bit to get started on another project so I can put some of these new resources and, and knowledge into action. Yeah. But I mean by rights it should be a lot quicker the next one <laughs> because we've we've learned all this stuff. Um Yeah, tricky tricky second album bollocks. Nah. I tell you. It's a piss second album. That's what <laughs> I should call it. Yeah. There were times during the making of it where I could never envisage putting myself through it again. But now it's done. Doesn't seem so bad. Let's, like any addiction. Let's go make another one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you feel like shit straight away and then you keep crawling back. Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's the big question. Would you do it again? <laughs> Taking all these lessons into account. I wouldn't do it exactly the same again. I would do it a bit differently. Um, yeah. I'd probably give myself less time. Maybe I would Maybe I'd focus on an EP first as an album. It's a yeah, big undertaking. It did feel like it did feel like there's a now I know there's a why bands often do that. There's a good reason. You know, finding your sound and testing things out through EPs before embarking on an album. Maybe do that. Maybe aim to write slightly different songs. Uh, maybe more of a concept. Definitely manage my time differently. But would I make music again in no. some <laughs> vaguely similar form? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, yes, probably yes. I would. What about you? Yeah, yeah. If I could go back to to myself in April twenty twenty, armed with these lessons learned, then yes, I would definitely do it again. And whether I would heed the lessons, yeah, that's the thing, mm. isn't it? Like, would the journey is the real achievement? <laughs> achievement. Then what am, I, what am I trying to say? The real, the real friends. Real friends. The journey we made along the way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, would would the album process be as enjoyable if you didn't learn these brutal hard lessons? You know, at the end of any project, you, you always look back and go, "Wow, yeah, I would do things differently." But it was it was those crazy, painful moments that made it all worthwhile. So you never know. Tis life. <laughs> Tis life, and yeah, hopefully it's not out yet. But hopefully, we'll have something to be pretty darn proud of at the end. And like you say, it's it's not just the album; it's for the knowing what's gone into it, and uh, yeah, exactly, and and sharing it with some people on the internet through this podcast. 
Oh yeah, we made a podcast series as well. So there's another little bonus. Oh yes, you check that out. Go <laughs> go to Spotify or your nearest uh, yeah, podcast yeah. provider <laughs> and uh, listen to Tune Lighting, one one album, yeah, one year part time. That's a, actually a play in on the word moonlighting. Very clever. <laughs> right so I hope you enjoyed that episode of Lessons Learned. I hope you can heed some of the advice and. Uh, yeah, and some of it is useful, along with other bits of advice that we have shared along the way, uh, and other people who kindly joined us on the podcast. Thanks again to all of them who've uh, provided advice that was very helpful to us, and hopefully to other people uh, as well. And yeah, as I said at the start, we've got the new single, Easy Easy, the second single will be out soon, uh, if you want to hear me singing. Um, we have all the masters back, so we have, it's within our power to now release as much or as little music from the album as we want. And then the album will be with you as soon as we can get it made uh, in the next few weeks. So very exciting times for the Bear Tax uh, and the whole Shoe Lighting project. I hope you agree. Um, yeah, you can find us, as always, on all social media. We're kind of moving stuff. Well, we're still posting stuff on the at Tune Lighting uh, pages but yeah we'll be posting more and more stuff on at the bear tax on all the channels so yeah keep an eye out for both follow us on both and yeah we'll see you there